Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys and a Movie. I'm Ben, and I'm here with my co-host, Rick. This week, we will be discussing Army of the Dead. Please excuse uh, any background noise you hear while I'm talking. Uh, my ceiling fan is going due to it being uh, very hot in the Northeast. So Ben, how do you how do you like the new intro music we got? I think it's really cool. Um, I honestly didn't know what kind of style we were getting, but I know like for us, like personally, like punk definitely works really well. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was actually written by uh, one of my friends who is in Niagara Falls. His name is Billy Horn. Real nice guy. I asked him to help us out. He did. Um, He's actually in a, he's got a little local pop punk band as well called Billy Draws 2, which uh, if anyone's listening, uh, you can actually find them on Spotify. Just search BD2, and that's the number two there, where you can find them on Facebook. It's Billy Horn Music. Um, I mean, he, I asked him to do something for us, and I'm, I'm very happy he was able to like help us out because he was actually telling me that he was currently had two other things that he was working on i know he's done a few like a few short film scores recently he actually also did uh uh there's like new york state wrestlers association or something like that it's like think of like wwe but on the new york state level uh he he wrote a few intro music for like a few of those wrestlers too so i think it's i think it was those people i know he's written it for like a few like wrestling intro people but i think it was the new york state one but it might have been something else i'm not 100 percent sure what it was i just know he did it yeah i watched uh like a while ago i watched uh beyond the mat which is a really yeah. good uh documentary to watch if you're any any level of a fan of uh professional like show wrestling um because it shows like a lot of these people that made made it rich you know they were they just started out as nobodies in you know whatever circuit was near them and so it's like you never know where these people are going to come from because there's just so many like places around the country that do that and, and like you mentioned new york like that was a big one for sure and a lot of people that have made it big in the wwe have come from the northeast you know yeah, and they, they come from, a lot of them do also come from, like, a little bit of these smaller leagues, too, that they're coming in. Um, heck, so in, in high school, my math teacher, um, he actually, before he became a math teacher, he used to do, like, the New York State Wrestling Association. And uh, his character was called Shade, and he, he was, like, a, he was like one of those high flyers, like, jumping off the ropes and everything. Dang. So, he wasn't he wasn't one of like the uh, what do they call them it's it's the teachers that like help out like a class help out the class to like get the fundraising um to go on senior trip and everything an advisor like one of those uh oh, like one a of TA? those like, no 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 he was he was like one of the the i think it was the class of 2011s the class of 2011s like advisor which means like he was he was helping the class president like set up like the uh the fundraising campaigns for the senior trip and things like that and they would be one of the chaperones that go on the senior trip so it's kind of like the teachers helping the students out but he was with the 2011 class which was the class after me and one of the things he did was he called up these people like the new york state wrestling people and actually had them come to our small little town which has more cows than people and had them do a full wrestling match, and he brought back his character Shade. It was actually really cool because he was like jumping off the, jumping off the ropes and doing like DDTs and everything. It was really awesome. Hey, what what have you what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week really, I don't know. We're we're starting to get to the busy like a busy time for work. Mm -hmm. So like I've been trying to not do a whole lot, kind of take it easy, you know, prepare myself for it 
Um, Prime Week is coming up very soon. Prime Week. That's that's a pain in the butt for anyone that works for Amazon. So. Uh, yeah, just, but it pays your paycheck. I mean, it pays my paycheck when it's not Prime Week. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also true, I guess. <laughs> are you still out? Are you an hourly manager or are you salaried? I'm hourly. You're an hourly. See, I just my that's... my job that I just started. Um, that's salaried. So I am no longer hourly. I am expected to do a lot of things now. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I could never work salary for Amazon. It would just. It would just be terrible. Oh, probably they probably work you into the ground. See, I don't know. I, I've worked. Um, I've worked at Darien Lake for, for a long time as like a seasonal help at the at the amusement park, and. I honestly was probably not going to go back and work there seasonally again unless it was like unless I got like a, a full time position and I mm-hmm. did. And it's like those are hard to get. And the only reason I got it was because my former manager got a she transferred to Six Flags America because she got the entertainment manager position down there. And uh, so the position of park services that she was holding at Darien Lake opened up and she actually, uh, she told me like, it's something that I would be very good at. I should apply for it. So I did. And then she was, she really was like chirping in people's ears, trying to get me into the interviews and everything. And here I am now. I just finished my second day. This is my first week of doing it. I'm like having a good time. Nice. It's going to be a busy summer for sure. Absolutely. We've, Apparently it's been it's been exceeding expectations so far. So that's awesome. I like hearing that. Um and my goal is just to like raise the park service stan- standards right now. My goal is to make sure that we get this park to a point where people aren't going to complain about like the park service aspect of it, which is like the cleanliness and everything. So like that's my goal is to get us to the next level. I'm excited. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> that's good no it's good to be excited uh definitely a benefit for sure absolutely what did i watch this week i watched some oh i watched the ring for the first time like the not the not the old old one but like the uh, not the japanese one yeah but the, but the one the with um remake. yeah 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 the the american yeah. one yeah it was good it was really good uh it was very good i wasn't expecting the ending not expecting that at all can I really spoil a movie that has been out since 2002? <laughs> Probably not at this point, okay. really. I mean, like, that's all we do, right, is talk about spoilers. I mean, it is. So so there, there's a few movies that I will not talk about the ending to anyone unless I know they've seen it. And one of those is Fight Club. I will oh, yes. never talk about the ending unless I know that person has seen Fight Club because I don't want to destroy that movie for them. Not that knowing the ending destroys it, but it, it ruins the, the like, my mind's blown Dissipation, at the end. yeah. It's like, oh my god, didn't see that coming. And then it, when you watch Fight Club the second time, it gives a whole new experience because now you're aware of everything that's happening. Just like The Matrix. Yes, just like The Matrix. But anyway, so... Now kids aren't going to understand what a VHS player is or a VHS tape. That was, if, if you take that movie in the context that it, that it was made in, that's a really cool movie. And that's a really cool concept where, where you watch the tape, but the tape is more or less possessed and playing the tape summons this, this demon girl, pretty much. That's, that's who Samara is at this point. She's a demon girl. To kill you in seven days. Because that's how long it took her to die in the well. And there's only... And they went through all these things. And they did all this stuff to save their lives. While she... She was safe the whole time. That blew my mind. She was safe the whole time because she made a copy and showed it to her ex. Well, she didn't show it to the ex. She told her, I don't... You shouldn't watch this. And then he watched it. And because all this girl wanted to do was just keep sharing this. If you make a copy and you share it, you're saved. 
And, and the fact that the movie ends with her and her son and they're making a copy of the tape and the la- and the kid just goes, what happens to the person we show it to? And that's the end of the movie. I was, I was blown away. That was not what I was expecting at all. I really enjoyed that. The biggest thing I enjoyed about The Ring the first time I saw it was not only uh, how how legitimately scary it was because back then when it came out you know vhs tapes you know if they were if they were not marked anyone that's that's had any amount of vhs tapes knows if you see one that's like not marked you're like what the heck is on this thing could be anything right yeah and just having a, a story that revolves around that but at the same time there was like a mystery aspect to it where you're like they're investigating to see like what happened to her, why this is happening, why the video was made, and, and so this mystery is just unraveling yeah. and being solved, and you're finding out new things as they're finding out. You're not ahead of them no, at all. Yeah. I love that. If I'm watching a mystery movie, that's what I like is when I'm not ahead of the people that are investigating it, and I'm I'm right there with them. I really like that in a. I I think that's what makes a good mystery movie. And yeah, this this was definitely like a mystery thriller horror aspect it wasn't really like a i'm gonna jump out and scare you horror it was a psychological horror and i don't think psychological horrors get as much credit as they should because they don't have the same physical effect as a boo but i think i think anything truly horrifying is more of a psychological horror aspect than more of a jump scare aspect And, and jump scares a lot of people call jump scares cheap. I think they're, I think the way a lot of people use them, they're cheap. But I think somebody like James Wan uses jump scares correctly, where it's not all about trying to get to the jump scare. It's the build, the anticipation, your your anxiety building, and I love that. And I I, I definitely had anxiety throughout this film as I was watching it, being like, oh my god, what's happening next? Keeps you keeps you interested as you go along mm-hmm. you know uh here's a fun fact for you the ring was the very first horror film i ever watched oh really yep i don't know what the first one i watched was does sleepy hollow count as a horror movie i, I wouldn't i oh, don't well that that movie scarred me i watched that when i was seven and like the heads rolling around scarred me i i didn't sleep for a week and uh Let's yeah, see. no, I was I was pretty scarred. It, it it took like a year or two for me to get over that. Okay, so the internet the internet says that Sleepy Hollow is a supernatural horror film. So okay, I'll All take right. it then. Interesting. That movie scared the shit out of seven year old Rick. I watched The Ring uh, all the way back in uh, like two thousand five when I was ten years old. <laughs> so <laughs> put that in perspective. You were ten. Yeah. Well, and the movie was well, only three, three years that's, old. That's also three more years than being seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the ring. Uh, the ring would have just made me scared, terrified to watch a, uh, to watch a VHS again. That's all the ring would have done. Sleepy Hollow made me like terrified of getting my head cut off, and that the that the 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 headless horseman was coming for me. Yeah. <laughs> The only horror film that really, that really, really got to me, I mean, the, when I was younger, it was The Ring, right? Because it was like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the people's faces when they were terrified to death, it kind of like freaked you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only movie that I ever watched, like horror film, that really kind of like disturbed me and like really affected my life <laughs> in general after I watched it was yeah. Sinister. Yes! Oh my god, yes, I was going to say the exact same. I went to sleep. I went to sleep seeing Bagul's face for three nights. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. Somebody did a a top horror movie ranking, or like the scariest horror movies of all time. That was number one. Really? Yes. Not surprised. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, you want to jump into Army of the Dead? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're really good at jumping into things because like, we always go, let's jump into it. And then there's just always this pause. 
because <laughs> neither one of us know where to start. <laughs> well, I, I guess I can start, and I'm not. I'm gonna try not to ruin like my overall impression of the film yet. Um, but I will say that I had to go back and watch this movie again because mm-hmm. I don't think that it was promoted very well. I think that it was promoted as kind of like a like a Michael Bay. Uh, style shoot 'em up zombie film. Okay. And it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was. It's a it heist was, movie. It was. It was a thriller heist movie that happened to have some zombies involved, and they weren't like normal zombies. But that that's. A, I loved a it. Plus side. I loved their zombies. I like how their zombies aren't just dumb, and like the like you have the the alphas that are like actually smart. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. Well, that's that's one of the upsides to the film that I, I saw but I had to watch okay. it again because my expectations were something completely different than what I got and so after I knew kind of how the movie was going to go I went back and watched it again so that way I could uh, make an appropriate review of it you know? gotcha so so it actually m- my impressions going in the way that I was describing it to people was it's a heist movie with a zombie element to it because I I don't know. That's kind of like what I was getting out of the out of the the previews that I was seeing was that everyone was that they're going into Vegas to break into the safe and steal two hundred million dollars. The problem is, is that there's zombies. So. So I, I guess I was actually expecting like the whole heist premise behind it going in there and uh, and just all hell breaking loose with the zombies. I thought there was going to be more zombie action than there was. Absolutely. But I don't I don't think the last half hour disappointed me at all. That no, hit that was, all the right notes. That was the best part, yeah, to me as well. Well, okay, so so what about this? So you, typically you have your zombie outbreak um and a lot of times they don't really explain where the zombies come from or like how they started or anything like that. He did a little bit more of that in this. Um, I and I actually went back and I went on YouTube and they have videos of things you missed in Army of the Dead. And boy, did I miss a lot. <laughs> so when when the zombie first breaks out, they're tr- it's the military transporting it from Area Fifty One. They're transporting it. Now, if you're if you're watching the movie, I missed this. I had to I had to watch this video to find this. When you're watching it, as, as the convoy is driving, there are two very bright white dots in the sky. And remember, they're coming from Area 51. Yeah. Just two very bright white dots in the sky. You wouldn't think anything else of it. You would just be like, oh, those are stars. And then they zoom away. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah. You got to see that because that implies that something they're they're coming from area 51 it could be something otherworldly Mm. now the other thing that i missed on the on my first viewing the other thing i missed was when zeus came out of the crate zeus had dog tags on zeus was a military man zeus was a military experiment gone wrong so you, what you're saying is basically it's kind of like um, the military like created the zombies, like like the alien like the alien movies where they kind of explained it where it's like they spread by um, infecting you. Yes, by planting their eggs inside of yeah. you and then letting it grow. Yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was a. Most zombie movies don't explain where did this come from? Why did it happen? 28 Days Later doesn't really explain no. it. Um, Night of the Living Dead, I think the best explanation they have for it is we don't know why the dead people are coming up. Or somebody says hell is full in one movie. It's okay. <laughs> so one movie, hell is full. People are just rising from the dead. You never get an explanation. Uh, the Walking Dead, there's no explanation. It's it, Their explanation is it's a disease and everyone's infected. But this one has an actual start. This one comes out and says, this is a military experiment that went wrong. Or did it go right? And 
the I can't say his name Kazan Kazanova Kazanova the the Japanese guy oh um because his plan was to create a zombie army was that the military's plan is that why they were transporting him to create a zombie army Tanaka Tanaka why was I thinking Kazanova Tanaka yes Tanaka but maybe the military was trying to create a zombie army just like he kind of wanted to there's a lot to this movie there's a lot of really good things in there you know like that would be a great way to start the second one the the sequel by like showing what happened to for them to get like Zeus, like what they mm-hmm. do, what they find, who brought it here. Well, so they're they're doing a. There's gonna be, from my understanding, because it did so well. Um, just like most of Zack Snyder's things do, like Zack Snyder, just I don't know, a lot of his movies do well. Um, but from my understanding, I saw that they were going to do like an animated prequel series. And, like, the live-action sequel. Yes. So there's going to be be a prequel series and a live-action sequel. At least that is what it's looking like right now. Oh, no. I I knew. I think that's going to be a trilogy, right? Yes. So I'm intrigued. And, like, I think there's a lot to this movie, and I know we're not going to get to it all. But... It's it's one of those movies where I think Zack Snyder, for the reputation people give him as a more visual and less storytelling kind of guy, I think in this film, like with some of his other films that people are, some some of his films, he doesn't really like to just drag the audience along by the hand. And he wants them to... He puts these little things in there that you have to discover over watching a few times to actually kind of like fully understand everything that's going on. And I think that the the military experiment Zeus might be one of those. Um, I'm surprised somebody already caught the two alien dots that flew away, or at least that's what the that's what people are thinking is it's two UFOs that flew away. I mean, there are people that this is what they do. Like, they watch a movie that... And they just it, look for Easter eggs. Yeah, that, that they know, like, has stuff hidden in there, and they just, like, watch it over and over and over again, or they watch it really slow, right? Mm-hmm. They, they watch it, like, in half the speed to kind of pick up on everything. Uh, that That's really interesting. Like, it really kind of gives me a, a different perspective on some of the some of the film, definitely. Yeah. Uh. I like what you said about like earlier about the the zombies too, because it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Blade, you know, where the mm-hmm. where like there were the alpha like vampires, the ones that were the smarter, vampires. the smarter they could lead, you know, an army, uh, make decisions. Uh, but then there were like the soldiers that were just like kind of dumb, like just kind of like the the like the the brawn, and then there was mm-hmm. the brain, you know. Yes. And uh, I hope that um, I hope that Zack Snyder continues to ramp that up in the next films. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really liked how he even explained that, uh, uh, the mindless ones that just kind of piled up and they were like, they're fine. Now they're not going to hurt you because they're too stupid to go seek shelter. So they, they dry out. But as soon as it rains, you better run for your life. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I would have never thought of something like that. And it's like, because they're technically undead, they're technically not dead until they get, like, until their head's bashed in. So I guess, in theory, remoisturizing them <laughs> can bring them back. That kind of, it's a little hint of the, like, classic uh, zombies that, like, you know, you could, kind of like The Walking Dead, where you could you could strip away every part of them, right, except for the head, and the mm-hmm. head would still be trying to bite you. Yeah, you know. I mean, they did that with uh with the queen zombie. Yep. They did that they with did. her. They they he sawed her head right off, and it stayed alive. Needed to bring it back. 
so I'm, I'm sure because like you said it ties back into like the military experiment of them trying to make the super soldiers uh man what a what a weapon that would be just to have like a horde a zombie of zombies army. a horde of zombies to drop on somebody you know i know so it didn't seem though it didn't seem like they had a very good uh cleanup plan you know for I mean, after they were gonna the fact <laughs> they were just gonna nuke it they're like the president wants to nuke it on the fourth because it needs it's he said he was gonna solve the problem and he thinks it would be really cool <laughs> oh i was dying i was like that's funny that's good the president thinks it'd be really cool to nuke him on the 4th of July. <laughs> so, I mean, they go in there with this whole premise of, like, they have 24 hours to get out of there. And then the president gets pressured and has to move. Well, he doesn't have to, but he moves up the time. He moves up when he's going to nuke him. By a full, like, 24 hours. So then they only have a few hours to break this safe and everything. And, um, I thought the whole actual heist premise of this movie was cool, too. I thought it was, it's, it's something that no one's really tried to do with a, uh, with a zombie movie before. Because everybody with zombie movies, it's all, it's only about survival. This one's not about survival. It's about them going in there in trying to get this money it's a heist movie first it's a survival it's kind of like a survival feel after that which kind of gives like different people watching it like with different tastes Mm -hmm. a little something you know so it's not just one plain note all the way through It, it gives it layers um the plot i mean Man, the plot, like the Easter eggs, everything was really cool. The, the actors they got for it did a great job. The actors were incredible. Did you know that? Uh, did you know that Tig Nataro was all digitally put in? What? What? What do you mean? How Tig is that Nataro possible? was not supposed possible? to be in this movie. Well, she had a quite a big role. She replaced somebody. Who'd she replace? What's the guy? Like name? the helicopter scene and all that. Like, how did they? All of that, like, everything was digitally replaced. They filmed her somewhere else. And that nobody in the cast ever met her. They filmed all of her scenes. The movie was filmed. And they digitally went in and replaced her. Uh, who was it? It was Couldn't Chris even somebody. Tell. It was Chris somebody. Chris D'Elia. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Interesting. But he had some, uh, he had some, like, accusations against him. So they thought, for the, for the best of the movie, so they got Tignataro, which I think was great. She was fantastic. She was, like, one of the best parts of the movie. I loved her. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I would have never known that she was not there. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, now, like, after watching it, her not being that role. Like, it's just so well done. I know. She's perfect. But, yeah, she's all digital. Thank God Zack Snyder's the one that did that because his he does such a good job. And I know it's not his company that he's using to do the special effects, but he has such a high standard for special effects. And I there are certain directors that don't. Or they get rushed and they get pushed. He doesn't get pushed. He doesn't get rushed. He does his thing in the time it needs to get done. And then the, and that includes special effects. So the special effects look great. So when you have to digitally replace somebody like that, it works. And it worked brilliantly. Yeah, Zack Snyder is one of those, uh, one of those rare directors that is able to acquire such a large budget that he can do literally whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which works very well to his benefit, especially in this case. Yes, it does. So, yeah, Tignataro wasn't even supposed to be in it. Yeah, supposedly it cost them, like, a couple million dollars to do those effects, like, mm-hmm. to replace, like, in the film. That's crazy. Yep. So, 
I, I did think it was kind of dumb that uh, Dave Bautista's character just kind of, like, let his daughter come in. And, like, he didn't fight that more. Uh, her, his daughter, man, she really needed a reality check. Let's just she be did. honest. <laughs> That's probably why he let her come in. Because it was like, listen, if you're going to be acting like this, then you, you got to... You're not living in the real world, then. <laughs> I know. She, she's blaming him for killing her mother, but her mother was a zombie. And you can obviously see that it affected him poorly, too. Yeah. But for her to, like, be, like, disowning her dad and hating him that way, it's... I don't know. That's kind of awful. She's kind of not a good daughter. No. <laughs> no, I don't... She was a terrible person in, the, in every way. She was selfish, um, you mm-hmm. know, arrogant, yep. naive. Yep. Um, out of all the characters, and there, there were some characters that I was, like, really disappointed with, but Dave Bautista's character had all the different levels that you needed for the main character in this movie. He Dave- is such a better actor than, like, I would have ever thought he would have been. And he, he, like, he impresses me in, like, almost every role he's in. I mean, especially out of all the other, like, professional wrestlers that have gone into acting, like, I, I think he he think he does it the best, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, him, him and The Rock. Him and The Rock. Absolutely. I don't know. Do you think you'd put Hulk Hogan up there? Uh, <laughs> I don't think Hulk Hogan has enough of a repertoire in film for, not... me to, for me to gauge that. Well, that that that's because they they did like a movie or two, and they're like, he can't act. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people were are in movies that can't act, but that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dave Bautista hit like all the right notes. I think again, Dave Bautista was incredible in this. Never ceases to to impress me. And every and I I need to just have a higher standard for him. I really do. I but I I think the whole cast was great. All right. So on that note of the cast being really good, which it was, it was casted mm-hmm. very well. Um, and it's one of those things where you know Zack Snyder had the money to put every friggin' familiar face you could think of in there, but he didn't, because yep. that would that would um be too much of a distraction as he knows as being a veteran in the industry you know when you get a high level cast like that so he did a good job keeping that from happening i think there's so many i think there's a couple movies we've talked about on this show so far where i've said that Mm -hmm. um but i will say i think so like the, the number one complaint for me that really brought down this movie for me uh were the other characters (laughs) okay so, I, like I said, I went back, watched it a second time. I thought maybe maybe it'll get better. Um, but I just I just couldn't get over how one-dimensional a lot of the characters were. Um, not that I was expecting amazing, you know, Walking Dead-level yeah. characters for, uh, you know, a movie that has so much going on where there really isn't mm-hmm. a lot of time to uh, develop those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like with, with a, you know, a movie that was two like almost two and a half hours i feel like they could have definitely given a little more backstory for them to give them a little more like stakes you know involved yeah uh instead of just being like kind of just people you know that just so happen to have like uh specific skills that that work out well in the context so I, i i may have like like i said i may have been spoiled with the way The Walking Dead develops their characters, like that that show developed characters unlike most shows have ever done. But, well, I mean that that's also got that's also got a, a much vaster source material as well, and it's got more time to develop. I mean, you have seasons. I mean, let, let's put it this way: The Walking Dead is a it's a forty it's a probably a forty two minute show. And the first season is the its shortest season. It had like six or seven episodes. That's that's still, that's seven. That's six or seven hours right there to to develop all your different characters. I mean, 
for an ensemble cast in two and a half hours and the amount of people he had here, I think he did a pretty good job. Well, I'm not saying anything against Zack Snyder uh, at all, but um, I, I know this also isn't like a way that he really develops characters like some other filmmakers do, but at least like kind of have almost like in like the Fast and Furious, like the early ones, anytime you introduce a character, like start them off on their own track. You know what I mean? Or like gotcha. they're doing something and that something that, that explains their character, gives them backstory, and then they are given the method of integrating into the story instead of just like throwing these people in and then you kind of learning about them as you go. Okay. Um, but not even, but not even that, not even that was really what brought it down. It was just how, I don't know how, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say like generic, but like some of the care, like Kate, like Dave Batista's daughter, very one note, very static. Yeah. Didn't really change, you know, much throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, the security guard, Bert, super annoying yeah this goes back they're both static characters though they're not they're not supposed to be dynamic characters i'm not saying that that's always a good thing but like yeah i didn't i didn't no it didn't and i didn't think that i wasn't a big fan of his daughter kate played by ella purnell i didn't really care for her in that role I feel like maybe if it was somebody else, they might have brought mm. a little bit more charisma. But I, th- I feel like she was, she didn't seem to me as somebody that could actually go toe to toe with Dave Batista. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking how like, like uh, I'm I'm talking like emotionally mm-hmm. and kind of like psychologically i guess she didn't have the emotional depth that he had no you know i i will say this i think the four best characters in this movie were scott ward played by dave batista uh marianne played by tignataro ludwig played yeah. by oh, yeah. matthias schwigerhofer Sorry if I screwed that up. And uh, Vanderhoe, played by Omari Hardwick. Those guys were the best. And and what made what made Ludwig and Vanderhoe work so well was their dynamic. They became best friends throughout this course. Omar, uh, I mean, yeah, Omari's character Vanderhoe, he saw Ludwig as a liability. Is somebody that they're going to have to take care of and everything. And he's like trying to teach him how to shoot a gun and everything. And you just slowly see their friendship build over like a, a, it's a montage, but you see it build over that montage and you see it as they're going into the hotel and they're, they're making their way in, but it, it comes to a capstone when they're be, when the zombies are attacking them and Vanderhoe is like fending is like, fighting zeus and everything and ludwig throws him into the safe and shuts it to save his life and risk his own see that's what i'm talking about that was great great character development absolutely it it brought real stakes to it you know you were emotionally attached Mm -hmm. it was like heartbreaking you know I wish yeah. I, I just wish that was spread out a little bit more. Like those characters that you mentioned, that, those four, those are they the best were part. they were given so much character. They were pumped full of life, and mm-hmm. then it felt like there was nothing left over for the other ones, <laughs> except for maybe Definitely. Lily. I guess maybe the coyote was kind of cool. It was a cool character. She was yeah. knowledgeable. She was kind of the uh, like the exposition for the film. You know, explaining everything. Uh, yeah. Tanaka was kind of was was interesting. Like these the. the uh, sly eccentric billionaire mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i hope i'm just hoping like in the next movie like all the characters get something you know yeah a little bit more than what they got i understand that and i i, I see that i get it and yeah i i agree with you some characters were definitely standouts and others were very under the radar it contrasted too hard, I think, with, with like the character, some characters being so well done and some being like half baked. Mm-hmm. It definitely showed when they were put together 
how different yeah. they were as characters, you know? And I think, I think one of the problems was that they were trying to make Kate be one of the heart, the, the relationship between Kate and Scott be like the heart of the movie, mm -hmm. but it wasn't there. And instead we fell in love with, with Marianne played by Tig Notaro, who never even met anyone. We yeah, filmed right. that a green screen offset, <laughs> but just thing? had so much charisma and brought just such a personality that Dave Bautista even said this movie wouldn't have been as good if we kept Kristen. Oh yeah, I, I agree. And like, I, I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the character or the actors and like not hitting the right notes. Could be. And then like you have, uh, you have bert who he was cool he was the dude that went in and like shoot zombies and everything yeah and just for fun but like i mean he was there that's how i feel about him i didn't hate him but he was there he was a good plot vehicle because he ended up being like how you were introduced to the alphas and like mm -hmm. introduced to that world so that was there was that i guess i guess it, yeah. it didn't really it didn't really behoove Zack Snyder he was, as, he as a writer. He was good at killing zombies. That's why so, he yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah, So I guess that kind of makes sense. Now, I will say one thing about – one more thing about Bird's character. It just seems like I don't – like between this and like uh, Mortal Kombat, I know, you, I know you disagree with me on this about Mortal Kombat, mm -hmm. but it seems like in movies nowadays – I'm not saying all movies, but especially the ones that we've talked about, it seems like the asshole character in the movie – it's just uh, it's just annoying, and you just want them to go away, as opposed <laughs> to being like an entertaining asshole. And the way I think of that, an entertaining asshole, is Jesse Ventura's Blaine from Predator. Okay. Like, give me more assholes like that that are like interesting. They're given good dialogue, you know. They they add to the story instead of just being like, uh, can you just stop yeah. talking? You're ruining the movie, kind of thing. Yeah, that's Bert from my was perspective. There. I didn't hate him. That's my perspective. Him. Yeah, I didn't hate him. I didn't love him. He was there. He was a great placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, right? <laughs> um, I do want to... I there, There's something else I want to hit before I forget about the time loop theory. Have you looked into the time loop theory at all? Because that actually really intri intrigued me. Like, me, I saw, like, one thing about it. Okay. But enlighten me. So. So. The time loop theory comes in when they get down towards the safe and they see these dead adventurers. Like, they, they see another team that's dead. Fun fact. Those dead corpses are dressed like them. Yeah, didn't they mention that? One's, one's got the red scarf that, ba that Dave Batista's character was wearing. One's got the same necklace as the other person. And it's like, so everybody has something that's similar to one of these dead bodies. Now with that, there's theories going around and Zack Snyder hasn't confirmed nor denied it. But there's, there's something about things happening in threes in this movie. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about things happening in threes. So the theory is, is that there's three teams or three different scenarios that have happened. Three time loops that have happened. One where they're successful. And the one that they're successful in, the theory is when they were going through the heist and they had everybody there. And this includes Bert's friend before he walks away. Because they show them all there shooting zombies and going in. That timeline is real, and that's the timeline where everything goes right. As soon as he walks away, it puts him into this timeline where, at the end, everything goes wrong. And there was even... So there, there was even evidence of other teams being there with the exact same blueprints they had, which, again, could have been them in another timeline. And Zack Snyder actually sent out like a weird cryptic t cryptic tweet it's something i can't remember what it said if i can find it 
Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. Because it was kind of cool, and it kind of, like, people are like, oh, maybe this is real. Um, give me one second while I look this up. I don't know if there was a tweet, but I know he was interviewed. He was being interviewed, and they brought that up, and he said, um... Yeah. He said, uh, you know... Some of the characters talk about the fact that maybe it's a, a, a some infinite loop of fighting and dying and fighting and dying, kind of like uh, yeah, fighting and Edge dying, fighting and dying, fighting and dying, and, it, and they say that in threes. Yeah, there it is. It's the yeah, that's his that's his time loop thing: fighting and dying, fighting and dying, fighting and dying. Huh. So it happens in threes. So that's saying that there's three different timelines. Or at least that's the cryptic tweet, and that's what people are thinking. So, he he doesn't confirm nor deny it, but he's playing with it. Well, he's also said that, like, all the things that people have mentioned, like, the skeletons being dressed like them, the alternate set of plans, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, those are all things I put there on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean... He I mean, he he is a very detailed filmmaker. Like, if you watch any of his movies, everything that goes into into a scene has a specific purpose. That's why I love Zack Snyder as a filmmaker so much, because even if it's a movie that maybe I didn't necessarily enjoy so much, you know, like maybe mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay, it was an okay movie, or, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. Even if I only kind of enjoyed it, there's still just so much to be taken from it yeah um which is very rare to find someone that's so that's so smart and uh intuitive as a filmmaker as him and he's passionate too like he loves what he does and he but he he, he fights for his work too like he doesn't just lay over and die and let the studio do what they want and i think that might have been part of the reason why he would he stepped down from justice league originally yes because yeah, warner brothers warner brothers are are notorious for being like for that. meddling yeah meddling terribly and like his daughter's suicide probably had a lot to do with it but he was probably also annoyed at this point that everything he was trying to accomplish they were fighting him on and he's somebody that if he doesn't like the final product he doesn't want to release it that's those are the main points I wanted to talk to talk about on this movie. I I had a good time. Do you have anything else? No. Uh just my closing thoughts and the rating and stuff, you know. Usual. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Fire away. Uh all right. So uh I went back like before we before we recorded and I watched like the trailer again. Mm -hmm. And I realized I realized why my uh my perspective on the movie going into it was so incorrect was a lot okay. of the scenes that they used uh for the trailer were just like the scenes that like in the movie they were explaining the original like outbreak you know with the jets yeah. flying over and and like you know dropping rockets and like all the all like the the mob and stuff and, and it was this kind of so i kind of blame that for for being the reason why i had to watch it again but uh, but mm -hmm. even after even after knowing that, um, just I was kind of expect I was still kind of expecting something more action packed. That's kind of what I wanted out of this, um, you know. And I don't I don't I'm not saying that it wasn't good as a heist movie. It really was. It was a great heist movie. I think it was a very original concept to blend uh, heist and, and zombies and something you don't find very often. Um, but I just there's something about it, you know. Maybe the things I talked about, maybe just something else that I just really couldn't see myself giving it more than like a seven slot machines out of ten, you know. Even even after after all you said about the Easter eggs and stuff, which that's more of like an appreciation of film and Zack Snyder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It did bump up my rating a little bit, but even then, like as just as a movie itself, like um, not really gonna be one of my go tos. Um, it is definitely, if I were to like have a zombie marathon, it's going to be on there for sure. Cause it's a fun movie, but just not one of my favorites. Okay. Um, now I'll say this, uh, not always the biggest fan of the zombie genre. Okay. 
Um, that's because I find a lot of zombies boring. Mm. Fair. Um, the reason I, I mean, I only watched The Walking Dead for three seasons, and the main reason I watched it was wasn't for the zombie action. It was the conflict was more about the people versus people. It was it was an it was more analyzing in a worldwide catastrophe of something like this magnitude would people help each other or would they would they turn on each other and that's what the walking dead for those first 3 seasons were and i thought that was really interesting and then i just never kept watching it um and i mean there there's other zombie movies that i do really appreciate like 28 days later i love that that's probably my favorite zombie movie because it reinvented zombies and it it created this whole new world and it was it was the first it was really like the first time where somebody just woke up it's not the first time that somebody woke up into like this this dystopian future but it was the first time that somebody woke up and was like in this zombie hell and the zombies weren't really zombies. They were infected people. So I thought that was interesting. I really liked that. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I had a good time. Um, yeah, I think some of the characters fell flat. But the ones I really liked, I really liked them. I understand where people are coming from, wanting it, see, thinking it was going to be a bigger action movie. Especially with it being a Zack Snyder film and everything like that. I think the action's there, but I can definitely see that he was trying to go for more of like an Ocean's Eleven type thing with zombie conflict. And I really enjoyed it. I liked having the conflict not just be the zombies, but having them be more of a a tool in the movie. Not the main antagonist, but a tool in the movie. I'm going to give this movie... Um, I'll give this movie 7.9 alphas out of 10. Okay. Not too far I off really liked me. it. I will watch it again. Like, I will watch this movie on my own time again. So, before we wrap up um, with our little fun thing. Yes. Uh, I don't, <laughs> it's just something I wrote down and I wanted to throw out there. Um, I don't know why, but whenever I see a movie where like I have like high expectations for it and just doesn't really quite meet them for whatever reason, mm -hmm. it always makes me want to watch a, a very specific movie. And, okay. and that movie, that movie is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And here's why. Three Billboards? I never that, watched Three Billboards. Because that was a movie that I went in not really expecting much of anything, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. so it's like the opposite right where you kind of so that if you've not seen that movie that's a great movie maybe one that we can talk about down the road as like kind of a filler episode you know um and mm -hmm. like the slower film seasons uh but definitely one of my i would say maybe top probably i want to say maybe like top 20 favorite movies of all time okay yeah really really good great cast too awesome all right so for our little thing i think because we were reviewing and talking about a zombie movie this week i think we both have a list of our top three favorite zombies and this can be from any form of media that includes video games books anything like that movies tv so what are your favorite favorite zombies and we're we're gonna list them off so ben because you're the one that horror movies are your favorite genre. I'm going to let you go ahead and start this off. What is your number three? You want me to start uh, top down or like three to one, one We're to three? We're counting three to one. Three to one. All right. Number three. I, honestly, this whole list was kind of easy for me. I, I've been a big zombie person since uh, Resident Evil 3, uh, you know, the video game. Long time oh, okay. ago. Not long, the movie. No, Not long, the movie. No, long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. My, my brothers are the ones to blame for that. Um, but uh, number three for me was the ghouls from the Fallout series. Uh, it's, it's not often that a video game, 
it's not often that a video game that's not like a Resident Evil gets zombies right. That's a good one. Uh, but Fallout did a great job of tying them into the nuclear apocalypse, and uh, it was already a fantastic game. Fallout 3 was already an amazing game as it was, and it's just throwing in one of my favorite things, zombies, which is kind of really cool. Uh, so yeah, definitely ghouls from Fallout uh, top three, uh, number three for me. That's um, that's that's awesome. That one's yeah. really good. I was I didn't even think of the ghouls. And Fallout Three is my favorite video game of all time. It is really good. I love that game. All right. So my number three, bum bum bum, is Nazi zombies. Okay. And why Nazi zombies? You might ask. Well, what do you want to kill more than a zombie? How about a Nazi? So you put them both together. Oh, it's just a good time. You feel no guilt murdering anyone in that game. Also, I'm not a big Call of Duty person. The only form of Call of Duty I play is Nazi zombies now. I go on Call of Duty and I start playing and I get headshot instantly. But I go on Nazi zombies. Oh, give me the ray gun. They're all going to die. Um... So, I don't know. Nazi Zombies is just... It, it holds a special place in my heart. It's something that me and a bunch of my best friends from high school used to just play all the time. Play all night long. Um, I We got up to, like, level 40-something. Like, wow. we got up to, like, 40-some rounds the one time. We got real good. Um, on our senior trip, we stayed up all night. We brought... Somebody brought their Xbox, and we stayed up all night, the four of us in this room, playing Nazi Zombies all night long. So, I had a good time. Also, there is a horror legend that makes an appearance in one of the Nazi zombie games. And that is George A. Romero, who gets turned into a zombie. And he runs around with um with a stage light where he will smack you with it. That's awesome. And you can't kill him. So, that is my number three. It is Nazi zombies. Because my grandpa killed the Nazis... And I like to kill the zombies, so put them together. Perfect. That's really good. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I thought about putting that on my list. I really did. Um, but I don't know. I just there's there's more specific ones that I, I had in mind for this. So right. we'll go down to number two for me. Number two, two, two. Um, two, this two, is again. Two. I don't like. I don't want to sound like a you know like a one note. Uh, one trick pony but this is another video game slash movie zombie <clears throat> it's the t-virus zombies from resident evil uh the mm -hmm. reason why is because it uh it gave a lot of variety to the genre like it, it just wasn't like people it, it let um you know it let animals get involved you know get infected and, and be like a more dynamic uh like change to it and mm -hmm. also it allowed for mutations much like I, I mentioned earlier resident evil 3 had the nemesis so uh resident evil uh really broke a lot of ground for uh zombies and the games especially kind of ushered in what is like the modern era for zombies so definitely gonna have to put that as my number two all right so my number two come from probably my favorite zombie movie, which is 28 Days Later, and the, that is The Runner Zombies, um, sometimes known as just The Infected. Um, it's, it's typically zombies that, are, uh, that aren't considered zombies, and they're just kind of like infected with a virus, so they're running and everything. And, but, but what I liked about it was it, when 28 Days Later came out, it was a fresh take on zombies. Before that movie, no zombies ran, and they would just kind of walk at you. Now, I understand the whole the whole thing about like zombies is you get a horde coming at you, you only have so many bullets, and you're only going to survive so long. But imagine that horde running and sprinting and never getting tired. They'll sprint forever after you. That's terrifying. And so my number two are runners. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, for me, like the runners, like the ones that stick out to me are like uh, the ones from World War Z, the movie. Um, Bug. Where it's like. I was uh, not a fan of that movie. Well, the movie's not good, but it's like, <laughs> it was, it was like terrifying. 
like the they were able to what they were able to do because of their just speed crawl and on strength top of each and, other yeah, and everything crazy yeah. crazy stuff um i i would kind of consider myself like a I don't know what you call it, like a like a zombie purist or a classical classic okay. zombie person. Oh, you're gonna hate my number one. So so that's you're gonna so that, freaking hate it. <laughs> well, I don't hate I don't hate like the runners or like no, the you might, no like no the, no you might actually hate my pick for number one or like the zombies from Left 4 Dead. You know, I didn't or like the the screamers or the uh, pukers or all that. I didn't I don't hate those. I don't, I, I understand they have a place, but uh, for number one, like. Obviously, for me, it's got to be the what's uh, what's called uh, the generic zombie, the the kind that you would see in like a Night of, of the Living Dead uh, or Walking Dead type thing. I just think, um, you know, just usually in a medium that has the generic zombies, there's usually like a lot of them, like hundreds of thousands, and that is just frigging terrifying. I agree with you that runners are also terrifying. Mm-hmm. But just something about like growing up, like I've always I've always been a fan of of like the really old classic zombie films. So they have a really strong place in my heart. Uh, George Romero did an excellent job with those films. Uh, mm-hmm. As for for a black and white film, Night of the Living Dead really stands up still. Um, so yeah, I, I would say like generic zombies um, and you know, Night Night of the Living Dead and The Walking Dead are two of my favorite franchises within zombies. So gonna have to go with that for my number one all right you might hate my number one pick hey go for it and so 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 the reason i picked them is one i find them hilarious (laughs) and two they make me laugh so my zombies come from a horror movie that might not be the most horrifying movie but it might have been one of the most innovative horror movies it was kind of a dissection of the horror movie. It looked at a horror movie and it dissected it into its elements. And why do these elements happen? I'm talking about the cabin in the woods. Oh, God. <laughs> and my all-time favorite zombies are referred to on the board of monsters Zombie redneck torture family. <laughs> oh my god. The Buckners, who include now now this is a zombie family, and there's only five of them. You got Father Buckner, Mother Buckner, Matthew Buckner, Judah Buckner, and by God, the most evil of them all, whose diary brings them back to life. Anna Patience Buckner. And don't ever forget, one of them got dismembered with a trowel. I just, I don't know. They make me laugh. (sighs) I think, I think part of the reason my favorite part, I think part of the reason they're my favorites is because they're, they're dubbed zombie redneck torture family. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I don't, I don't hate that. It's just, it, I, 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 you're right. I am surprised. It's not anywhere (laughs) near what I was thinking it was going to be. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, I just had to throw a shocker in there. Wow. So. That is a shocker. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and uh, what are we? We're doing next week. We are going to be actually watching and talking about our very first request that we've gotten, which we got a about two or three weeks ago um which was the jungle and again we would like to thank you for your request and we will watch the jungle and hopefully enjoy it so again that's what we're watching next week you can watch that with us and by with us i mean go ahead watch it it's on amazon prime watch the film get it back to us we want to know what your opinions were of it everything like that um please like follow and subscribe on any platform that you can find us on that includes spotify apple music uh Castbox. i think we're on uh, stitcher now i tried to get us on stitcher hopefully we're on stitcher um 
so any of the main places and again our our theme our intro and outro songs are both um courtesy of billy horn my own personal friend and again you can find him at billy horn music on facebook or you can also find his band on spotify if you search bd2 and that's the number two there take it away ben yeah so if you were able to watch army of the dead uh let us know what you thought send us an email uh it doesn't have to be long doesn't have to be a review just kind of like your your thoughts on the movie uh what you would like to see in the upcoming movies uh, that are coming out. And also let us know what your favorite kind of zombies are. And we'll uh, go ahead and talk about that uh, next time. If we get anyone to uh, send us an email, Um, feel free to email us. Uh, Email can be found on a website, correct? Yes. And you can find our website, um, which is, I always forget it. Um, You can also find us on Facebook uh, at Two Guys Podcasts, and the website is actually on the Facebook. You can click on that. Uh, we also have a list to all of our subscription places that you can listen to us, as well as just click the e- the little message at the bottom that that'll set you up with uh, sending us an email. Yeah, honestly, the the Facebook page is the easiest way to find us. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, have a good night. Bye.